Good afternoon and welcome. In a classical rhetoric, there's something called captatio benevolentiae, the capturing of the audience's benevolence, or at least their attention. It is a technique used in classical rhetoric, which is used in any kind of rhetoric, to be honest. Even today, some people begin a speech or a homily or any sort of public speaking with a joke or with an anecdote or speaking about their lives or an experience that they had. Sometimes uh, the speaker will say that he's very honored and he will show humility towards the audience. Or sometimes the speaker can also be intriguing and be speaking about something which sounds interesting, but the audience does not know exactly what he's speaking about. Well, I hope I have at least captured your intention with that. And I welcome you to this podcast or this videocast, which we will have a few times a week, hopefully next Wednesday as well. And we are going to speak about mainly the creator and the created. We're going to speak about God who creates or who has created and about man who has been created as well as other related subjects, the angels, material creation, the goodness of creation, etc. We are going to be taking a theological approach, obviously, because dogma or just faith, uh, just exposing those would be something which we all had when we were children if we went to Catholic schools or Sunday Catholic, uh, Sunday school in the Catholic Church, which is catechism. There's a difference between catechism and theology. Even though both need the dog, both need the faith, and both need the faith of the person who's actually doing the science of theology or who is teaching or learning catechism. There, it's indispensable that theological virtue which we receive through baptism and then have to develop through our lives, virtual faith is necessary. So obviously this channel when we're talking about the created and the creator is from a Catholic perspective. It is from a Catholic perspective in its tradition, in what the Magisterium has said throughout the centuries, whether it be in councils, whether it be in solemn declarations, as well as what the Fathers have said. But since this is theological, we will always be touching the great theologians and saints of the Church, especially St. Thomas Aquinas. In this videocast or these videocasts that we will be speaking about the theology of creation, we can make a difference again. We can come back to, uh, to what the difference is between catechism or dogma and theology by saying that theology in a simple definition is nothing more than reason to faith. 
I were to give an example, dogma, the dogma is Jesus Christ is true God and true man. But a theological application of this, which then becomes a dogma because it is related to this main dogma, is that the Virgin, Blessed Virgin Mary is the Mother of God. We don't see in, 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 in the Gospels that the Virgin Mary is called the Mother of God. But that doesn't make it any less true. Because if Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ is true God and true man, it is by logic, by, by we can, it is undeniable that if the Virgin Mary, Blessed Virgin Mary is the mother of Jesus Christ, she is the mother of the whole Christ, true man and true God. That's why we can call her mother of God. So we are taking a theological approach. We're not just doing catechism in these videocasts. And we're also going to be looking at this through the vision or through the lens of perennial philosophy and theology. Now, if we look up perennial philosophy, we can get confused with Aldous, Aldous Huxley's perennial philosophy, which sort of a, a syncretism of wisdom, of the world of wisdom, if you will. This is not exactly what we mean by perennial the philosophy or perennial theology. We mean that wisdom, which has served the church for centuries, because if something is true, it's true forever. It does not depend upon the circumstances to be true. So we are going to be taking the doctrine, the reasonings of the church fathers, of St. Thomas Aquinas and other, other scholastics, which merit it, as well as the Magisterium of the Church and that of the Councils, in order to speak about perennial, the perennial creation theology. Now, we have to look, if we're going to talk about creation theology, we're looking at the world and we're looking at God from this perspective. We're looking at a God that is so good and so wise that he has wanted, that he has been free to create. We are not going to speak of moral theology in as much as moral theology is concerned, although there are moral repercussions to what it means for us as man that we are created by God. We're going to look from God's perspective and from this, for what he has made, because when he has created with wisdom and with love, he has created creatures, which in themselves, in some way, in their existence, in their being, show this wisdom and this love. In man, we find it in his nature and especially in his free will and his intelligence, his intellect. And we will speak more fully about these aspects of man. But we are going to speak from this perspective, from God who has created, God who is wise, and man who has been created for an end. There is no uh, radical individuality possible for God who creates us for himself. Above all, he created us for his glory. 
We are his living glory in a certain sense. And we're not created for ourselves, for our own finite projects, but we have an infinite reason for being. That is, to love God eternally and to know God eternally. And we have to go back to the catechism for that. The Penny Catechism, if you've ever studied that, there's a number, and one of the first numbers says, Why did God create me? God created me to know, love, and serve Him, and to be with Him for all eternity. And once we know that, even morally speaking, all our life has sense, and everything works. And the destructiveness of modern individualism is that man no longer knows why he exists. Now, since we're doing a theological, we're taking a theological perspective, we need a method, a method which is more deductive than inductive. In the sense that we're looking at the principles, we're looking at it, or you could say from God's perspective, from him who knows, rather than that from which we can learn by our everyday experience through to learn through learning about creation how can i explain this better deductive first of all means talks about the principles and being applied these principles to arrive at certain conclusions while inductive is arriving at those principles from the conclusions um, if I were a poster, if I wanted to know what, what uh, people thought about a certain subject, and I would ask many people, and then I would come to a conclusion. But if I'm the reader in a newspaper, I read the conclusion. I don't, I don't have to actually ask those people. I already have the summary. Well, it's, not, it's not exactly the same thing. Or uh, as, as, as what we're speaking about theologically, perhaps maybe a better analogy would be the scientist who found out that water is made up of two hydrogen atoms and one made of oxygen who actually had to do the experiment and then us the students when we came to chemistry class we were told that and sometimes we were lucky we actually did the experiment to 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 see the truth of that but you can't always do the experiment and the same thing in theology or the science of God is unknown to us unless it's revealed. We cannot know who God is. We cannot know what God is unless he has told us something about himself. Sure, in an inductive manner, we can know certain things about God. We can know that God exists. We can know that God is good. We can know that God is simple, etc., etc. And we will speak about this. But we cannot arrive that God a God who is Trinity, God who is relationship of love. That's why we are taking a deductive, because we are speaking from God's view, instead of from the view of a creature who sort of knows. Perhaps we could look at it from a creature who knows that he is loved by God and who has received the fullness of revelation. So after this introduction, in, in the next podcast, we'll try to define some terms because the first thing we need to do when we speak on any subject is define terms. We will be speaking about what does it mean to be created or what, is, what does creation mean and what does it mean to be a creator? As well as something very related to being a creator is 
or and creation, which is ex nihilo from nothing, because there are different theories. But we will see that in in the next one. Thank you for your attention. <laughs>